I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! Lupin, the third, the first, stroke ten, memories of times long before? We're gonna go. We're gonna go loop on the third, then loop on the first. I'm gonna go loop on the eighth. And uh, (laughs) and then we're gonna do loop on the 8.5. Okay. And then circle back around, Lupin the second. What's his dad all about? And yeah. we will finally close with uh, just adaptations of the French literature about Arsene Lupin. <laughs> we Arsene will close Lupin. with Arsene Lupin. Uh, we will close with Hello, welcome to uh, Sacre Blue News, uh, where we will discuss uh, the famed thief Arsene Lupin, who eludes our gendarmes each and every day. <laughs> the, Lou- the, the, the Louvre is just empty. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why cannot we catch this Lupin? He leaves us a cute little car into like a conference center <laughs> or like a it's convention now, space. It's now ten discrete basketball courts uh, because every day Arsene Lupin leaves a cute little card that says, "I'm going to steal your shit," and they never stop him. They never. They completely fail to stop. Uh, Arsene Lupin the first, who has again they, converted the Louvre into seven basketball courts. They they've converted Man. the Louvre into the world's largest Spencer Gifts. <laughs> it's uh, welcome to the world's largest art topic. <laughs> we will and the you. and the glass case that used to separate people from the Mona Lisa is now. That's where they have all the sex toys in. Yeah, that's, that's where they all have, like, the weed-themed dildos. Yeah. Hey, welcome to Paris's finest Ed Shop, where you can buy <laughs> uh, bongs for tobacco, of course. Oh, this is oh. why you are buying this pipe, because of tobacco, of course. Uh, I remember in modern world cinema, uh, Pete Timmerman explained that it's very popular to roll your tobacco in France. And so he was like, you're going to see a lot of people rolling tobacco in this movie. They're not rolling joints. Uh, <laughs> so that, they, they in, in the Louvre, they would say for tobacco, of course. Um, but he was saying like, but because it was Pete, it couldn't just be, hey, here's a piece of information for you. He had to wrap it up in an a- anecdote slash complaint, which was, in France, they wrap their tobacco. They roll their own tobacco. They don't buy pre-rolled cigarettes. And it's always a pain in the ass if you ever go see a movie in France, because the last ten minutes of any movie, all you hear is people wrinkling their, wrinkling their fucking papers and rolling their cigarettes. It just went on for a long time <laughs> complaining about rolling Ah, cigarettes. yes. All those Pete, times I'm Pete, going to go see a point? movie <laughs> in France. Did we really have to spend a 15-minute intro to the film about this, Pete? <laughs> Pete? Come on, Pete. It's part of his Pete. appeal. It's uh yeah, I, yeah, I love it. So yeah.
I love Pete. Vern, you love Pete more than uh, probably anyone. <laughs> you love uh, Pete more than his own parents. The only person who loves Pete more than me is um, formerly known as uh, uh, April Berryman. Uh, now, now Louise. Uh, she goes by Louise now. But uh, I did not know that. But she, uh, uh, they are in love with Pete Timmerman. They are the only person who loves Pete more than me. So. Oh, I had forgotten that. But yes, that that's a deep deep love i would be very happy to meet with pete once a week and talk about movies uh louise wants to have sexual intercourse with pete several times and that's not what i and that's not something i'm interested in but if he <laughs> asked i mean you know get a few drinks in me and uh you know we'll see get some wine coolers in there yeah. <laughs> get, get some seagrams in me you know now we're talking <laughs> anything's liable to happen uh, this is, of course, Movies for Babies for uh, <laughs> January. I'm not rolling, but okay. Neither I... am I. I am rolling now. Oh, am, okay. I am rolling now. Okay. I was just, I thought, be, uh, okay, I see. Vern is going to roll his uh, his camera. Now I see. Okay, well, I've been rolling for about four and oh. a half minutes. Oh, well, no. I know you've been, been rolling. God, we're on candid microphone. Oh, my That's God. That's right. You're on. You're on, baby. And this ain't coming out. This is going in. Now Kevin will know about my scheme to th steal the Mona Lisa. Eh, uh, mon dieu. <laughs> mon dieu. I have a friend from France named Sophie. The end. Oh, the end okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> ah, yes, great, uh, great French name, Sophie. 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 No, you see, one of the one of the things that uh, that has messed us up, and you would think with us being in three separate time zones now, uh, at one point all three of us have lived in all four time zones in the U.S. But uh -huh. you would think that once we escaped our humble Missouri beginnings, we would have gotten out of this, but we haven't. We three still are under the false impression that everything outside of our bubble is a punch-out stereotype. And so whenever we hear that there's a person in France named Sophie, we're like, what? Their name is oh. not Linguini Cheese or something, you know? Like, oh, no, you mean but... when, a young, um, when a young German uh, archaeologist wants to go to Boston University? Yeah, exactly. We, we get so thrown. We, you would think that us having seen the world by now and Kevin being in the epicenter of culture in New York City, that we would uh, that we would realize that like, oh, things aren't uh, as blindly stereotyped and made with boxing gloves as we think they are. But no, we still are firmly entrenched in that everyone is a fucking cartoon character. We so that, that, that is the that 100%. is certainly the cornerstone for Midwestern humor. Yeah. Because Where of my, we uh... stereotypify everyone, including ourselves. Okay. That's oh. fair. Oh, yeah, oh. exactly. Let me oh. let me squish past you just for a second. Let yeah. me just please pass you. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Because Glass Joe of the Punch-Out! franchise is indeed my Rosetta Stone for understanding the French. Every time I meet a French person, I'm like, I could fucking take this guy. <laughs> I could just give him, give him a couple quick knocks on the jaw and he's going down. It is a very nice touch. And then touch. you see what happens when their retirement year, is, when their retirement age is shortened by, like, a month. It's, it is very nice in Punch-Out! Wii, where you knock out Glass Joe and 
croissants fly out of them. It's a very yep. nice touch. <laughs> absolutely. Uh... It was it was interesting to watch that when they've ad- uh, when they adapted Punch Out for the Wii, there were some stereotypes that even they were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this one is too far in a game where like king hippo is a tremendously large samoan person and like and when you punch them like pineapple rings like fly out of them like there were some that even yeah. they were like no hey listen and, we already got when, mario we don't need pizza pasta yeah, and from one of them the was Mike Tyson himself. One of them was Mike. Mike Tyson is too offensive to be in the Punch Out franchise anymore. He <laughs> must out, be removed. Uh, Punch Out Wii was developed by Retro Studios, which is a studio that's based in Texas. And uh, there are two characters in Punch Out Wii that are brand new to the Punch Out uh, franchise, and that is. Uh, Disco Kid, which is a play on Frisco Kid, very funny, and Donkey Kong, the final <laughs> boss of Punch Out Wii, is Donkey Kong. But originally, <laughs> Retro Studios, a studio based in Texas, wanted the final character to be Princess Peach, and they had developed her. And then Nintendo was like, "Hey, we don't want someone to beat up a woman in our video game." <laughs> <laughs> like beat up our most famous woman, just especially like beat considering the that, like, out of princess. Especially <laughs> considering that like Punch Out Wii introduced like characters getting bruises the more you beat them up. And, oh like, yeah, yeah right, like where they lose teeth and they looked fucked up the longer you fight not, them. Yes, not Bowser, not even like Waluigi or or Luigi. No. <laughs> They wanted for Mario. <laughs> Why are we not saying Mario? Because... <laughs> well, yeah, and, you and Punch Out lore. Mario is a referee because he's a referee. Yes, exactly. In the oh, that's right. Out. That's right. Yeah, he's already in the game, Jorsten. <laughs> but uh, Nintendo, uh, you know, like Nintendo, the character, you know, the company that made like uh, Birdo was like, no, let's maybe not have Princess Peach in our game. Maybe do Donkey Kong instead, you know, and so instead of like domestic abuse, it's animal abuse, but you know. Oh good. <laughs> well because Donkey Kong's an animal that amazing. doesn't know better. Yeah. I, I I think Donkey Kong is human enough that I I have no moral issue with whipping the tar out of that be tied freak. And I guess he too, can like, drive and gamble. And his <laughs> You could play baseball. Yeah, you could play soccer. And like historically, Donkey Kong is a villain. Like he was a villain of the original, like the original Donkey Kong. Yeah, that's true. And Donkey yeah. Kong Junior. Uh, or no, Donkey Kong Junior. Uh, he was kidnapped by Mario. Mario was a villain in Donkey Kong Junior. And you had to play as Donkey <laughs> Kong Junior to rescue him. Uh, he wow. was the villain again in Donkey Kong Three. Uh, another dumb thing because my whole life I went around thinking like. Okay, I've played Donkey Kong. I've played Donkey Kong Jr. I've played Donkey Kong 3. Where is Donkey Kong 2? And turns out Donkey Kong 2 is Donkey Kong Jr. They just <laughs> Sylvester Stallone Rambo series did. Where the yeah, first one is <laughs> First Blood and the second one is Rambo First Blood Part 2. And the third one is Rambo 3. It's just they can't, yeah. they can't number things. Speaking of uh, films with confusing titles, uh, today's... <laughs> Today, folks, we are we watched the Japanese animated film Lupin the Third, 
the first. Lupin, cue the jazz music. It is time for Lupin. Uh, yes, yeah, so let's, I, I think a good place to quote-unquote start ten minutes in uh, would be to, to talk about Lupin as, like, a franchise and also all of our uh, history with uh, Lupin. Uh, Vern, I assume you have the least of the three of us. Uh, maybe. It depends on where you guys are coming from. Uh, my introduction to uh, Lupin the Third was Adult Swim when Adult Swim first started airing, uh, there was, I think now what they do is, uh, I've not had cable in a long time, but I think like Saturdays on Adult Swim are exclusively anime. And then everything else is like your, your traditional Adult Swim fare. But used to, when Adult Swim first aired, back when the bumpers were footage of people in a swimming pool, it was uh, like... Home Movies, C-Lab, The Brack Show, Space Ghost. It was the Adult Swim Standard Fair up until around 11 at night or so. And then it would be uh, anime. Uh, and one of the series that aired during that first run of Adult Swim uh, was what I believe to be the second Lupin the Third anime series, which is... Yes, part Lupin two. Lupin the yes. Third, part two. Uh, I historically have not been a fan of anime. It's very hard to get into. Uh, I've had better luck with the films, uh, but as far as series go, I've not had a lot of luck. But uh, Loop on the Third Part 2, that series was something I very much enjoyed. Uh, and then from there, I've seen what I believed to be the first Lupin the third movie, a cursory glance at Wikipedia showed me that I might be wrong, but that's the, the one that Hayao Miyazaki did. Uh, the one that castle of Cagliostro, Cagliostro. I can never pronounce it. Uh, Cagliostro. Uh, enjoyed that movie. Uh, for the longest time I lusted after and wanted the PlayStation two Lupin the third video game. Could not find it anywhere in Southern Illinois, the damnedest thing. Uh, but, uh, two weeks ago, uh, I was walking down a sidewalk in front of a strip mall and looked inside a game exchange store and sitting on the shelf was the loop on the third PS2 game. And I thought about stopping in, but I do not have a PS2. Uh, been a fan of loop on the third, what little I've seen of it, but, uh, as per usual with most anime, um, there's either four episodes of a thing or 4,000 episodes of a thing, and Lupin the Third falls into the second of those two categories. Uh, there's too much for me to, uh, to, to, to watch and to be a part of, but what little I've seen, I enjoy. I, I will say the advantage, like one of the, I think, more accessible things about Lupin, though, is that Lupin has been a, like, like a kept like a franchise character since like the 70s yes and a lot so a lot of that is just accumulation they because they constantly reboot his reboot his show or do just um original video animation one-offs yeah they uh monkey punch i think published the first Lupin in, in like 68 or something yeah. like that just like, uh, and then the the first Lupin the Third Part One, 
was a 70s, a mid-70s anime uh, that I'm slowly mm-hmm. uh, working my way through. And then they've essentially done a new series every decade Where are you? Uh, where are you finding that? Are you... Is it Crunchyroll. Pl- Crunchyroll. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Crunchyroll now. has, I believe, all five parts. Um, they don't... And then in the middle of, like, all of that, they've published, like, 40 movies and OVAs and TV, TV specials, specials. And crossovers um, while never becoming a huge character in America Lupin is mm-hmm. just one of those fucking gigantic uh, Japanese and European characters oh. he's like Japan's Doctor Who exactly he's been around forever he is sort of ageless and timeless mm-hmm. um, and the, the constantly is... referenced by other works 100% and the formula is, like, dense. Like, they really do stick to a formula basically every time, but it doesn't feel lazy to me in that mm-hmm. way. It feels, to uh, this is a weird uh, analogous example, but it feels to me like when you watch Phineas and Ferb, and, like, you know exactly how the episode is going to shake out, but the structure is part of it. P- mm-hmm. The structure is integral to what the product is, uh, I hate that I referred to it as a product. That sucks. Uh, but the, it's it's integral to what the storytelling style of of this franchise is, and it's just about how it's going to play out mm-hmm. this time. Um, and I I find it very like uh, comforting in that way. Yes. Well, it like uh, it, it is the like heist version of a sitcom. I mean, basically, you know, if, if like. It's a party down style sitcom where we're in a new location every week, but it's like, oh yeah, oh it's Lupin, and then uh, Jigen and Goimon are gonna hang out uh, in the car and like wait to do a couple cool things. Fujiko is going to be a classic femme fatale and have dubious allegiance, uh, and then ultimately like try and take the treasure or whatever it is for herself. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, you don't know if she's working for the bad guy or working for Lupin and then Zenigata is going to try and capture Lupin the whole time. And then sometimes that dude was cracking my fucking shit. Uh, the guy they we'll have get into plays. We talk about the whole cast. (laughs) Yeah. The whole cast is good. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's part of it. I am. I, I, really enjoy Lupin. It's been a it's been a big part of my trying to get into anime and and Japanese media uh as a whole. The the big um push for me was a combination of the Miyazaki catalog and uh the Persona video game franchise. And the fifth game in that franchise, Arsene Lupin is like your special summon <laughs> like because you're a thief. So you summon this like spectral angel version of Arsene Lupin. Can I? Uh, and one of. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. No, no, I was... no, no. That's okay. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I was just thinking about this. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's been the same for Justin, but I feel like for Kevin and myself, we've had a. It's been a constant uphill battle that we've been fighting with other people, like trying to get us into anime and we're like no we're not interested but us not being aware like you know because we're we're, we don't live in japan we're in a different country uh and it's literally like 
Japanese culture is literally foreign to us. We don't understand, but like, uh, myself, like so much of the anime that I've been recommended over time has been, how do I put it? Like very samey. Uh, and a lot of the, like, well, you'd like this, you'd like this. And I'm like, no, looking at it, like that's not an aesthetic that I, I find attractive. Mm -hmm. And I think in my, God, 20 years, 25 years of people trying to get me into anime, watch anime, like, I've never once had Lupin introduced to me or brought up as, like, you would like this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it feels as though to me, I could be wrong, but it feels as though, like, though Lupin is a big part of Japanese culture in Japan, it's not considered a part or not thought of as a part of Japanese culture or whatever in America's version of Japanese culture, if that makes Correct. any sense. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I can't count yeah. how many times I've been told, like, you'd like Gundam. You'd like a Robotech. You would like... No, you wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> no, exactly. You Evangelion. Wouldn't. You would like Dragon Ball. And, no. I'm, and I'm not... Evangelion, maybe. Evangelion, maybe. I, but I'm, that's just, like, interesting. I'm very curious about it, but, like... Uh, so, for the longest time, I just kind of carried this, like dumbness towards anime like i don't like it i'm not interested in it and it was not until like i've been able to grow and kind of seek things out for myself and i was like oh no i'm i do enjoy anime but it's lupon it's stuff that's yeah. not been introduced uh, like, ultimate muscles yes. is a wonderful show another thing that like <laughs> i did not realize i remembered it as a show on the fox box i did not realize it's also been around since the 70s oh it, it, yeah yeah it, yeah it's a legacy it's a legacy exactly uh uh and i i just I feel like there's a uh, an Americanized version of Japanese culture oh, and absolutely. a Japanese culture of Japanese. Well, like culture. The, well, like the early um, the early introductions to America for um, anime, at least, was um, first like stuff that was didn't translate very was stuff that was very poorly translated and localized. You know, Speed Racer, um, Speed Racer, um, the uh, what was it, uh, Astro Boy. Um, mm -hmm. the, I, like the, like the, there was one about a robot. It was like iron robo, but then there was like Robotech and Gundam and all the stuff that was very poorly and rushly dubbed mostly by one guy who had like a small monopoly. <laughs> um, and then it just slowly started diversifying in the nineties, really with Pokemon, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z. Which is all yeah. very kitty, very juvenile, and I don't mean that a bad way. It's kid stuff. Yeah, yeah it's um, for babies, and yeah, that's it's okay. Stuff for like babies. some stuff should be for babies. Yeah. Yes, yes, and just, so uh, that kind of set the standard for what we publicly, what America understands anime to be. Even though, like, anime and manga in Japan has always been very. Um, varied i mean the guy who defined manga osama tezuka the guy he did invent um you know astro boy but he also and did well yeah he did kimba he also did um a heartbreaking and he also um and deeply and deeply mature stories like uh what like adolf which is about a Japanese-German uh, Nazi kid and his relationship to a Jewish-Japanese immigrant. Both named wow. Adolf. Very interesting. Um, 
or like an eight volume epic about the life of Siddhartha and his journey to becoming the Buddha. Very intriguing. Yeah. Oh, it's it's, fantastic. Like he understood adult stories very well. It's just that in America and you know what? In the Reagan eighties, they mostly used anime to sell toys. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in that and very specific that moment where Reagan yeah. peeled back regulations that that prevented us from just selling to kids directly. Yes. You know, and that rolls back. And I'm not saying that, like, every time I make this criticism, people are like, but I like G.I. Joe. And I'm like, that's not the point. Like, the point yeah. was fucking... G.I. Joe, Transformers, My Little Pony, like all of these toy-based shows roll out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles roll out because suddenly we can sell directly to kids in a way that we never could before. And Mm -hmm. and that, you know, I listen, if you like Transformers, that's great. Like you have an emotional reaction to Transformers, but like that is where Transformers came from. And it's fine if you've grown to like it outside of that, but that is that is where that came from. I learned this just recently. Um, uh, a lot of, I feel like we are, uh, we're just outside of that bubble of like '80s kids. Um, me being, yes. I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest one of all three of us. And I was born in '89. Um, mm-hmm. But like we, we all have friends that you know just have memories of like seeing Transformers the movie in theaters and and watching TMNT on uh, on Saturday mornings. I just recently mm-hmm. learned, um, spoiler alert for a you know a forty year old movie, but uh, in the original Transformers movie, the animated Transformers movie, uh, Optimus Prime dies, and uh, I've heard several uh, uh, man children talk about like how upset they were and how they cried in the theater about mm-hmm. Optimus Prime dying in the original Transformers, and I learned that like that move that move to have Optimus Prime die in the original Transformers was they realized they could Optimus Prime was a very easy Transformer toy to manufacture and they yep. realized that like they could produce a a more complex toy that was more expensive and kids would buy it so they wanted to like that was them like phasing out an older model of their toys yeah. uh, and the way they did that was like writing into a feature that a character died. <laughs> it was oh yeah, it's the craziest thing to me. Uh, oh yeah, no, the way yeah, like here, like surprise, surprise. If you are listening to this, in disguise, you need to understand. Kids stuff is primarily there to sell toys. Yeah. Um, like the like for like, and they design the characters to be able to sell toys. The yes. first time, to- like, the latest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle show was the first time they actually gave each of the turtles a different body shape and silhouette. Yeah. yeah. Like, they actually look physiologically different because they don't have to reuse the same general mold of plastic anymore. They can right. manufacture differently shaped turtles at a fast enough rate that they don't have to just use the same silhouette and body model, just paint it different colors. And I, uh, not not intentionally, but I've I've recently become something of a toy boy. I received several several <laughs> toys over the holidays. Oh, oh, you're a toy boy and a boy toy. Uh, yes, uh, I've received I received several toys over the holidays, and 
uh, not through design, not through uh, inquiry, but it just happened. And I've, I've got something of a toy collection now. But I have found that there's a term in the toy industry called toyetic. And that is mm-hmm. a term used to describe, like, things in cartoons, in movies, in professional wrestling, whatever it might be, that, like, characters that look like they would be a fun toy to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a there's a big drive in, like, different media, just, like, those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they are all very toyetic. They're bright green. They have bright colors. They come with weapons. They fight the foot clan. You know, it's like, it's a it's a weird uh, weird thing that there's like a, all the all the thought going into like a character design, character development being like, what would make them toyetic? What would make them stand out against a sea of other like figures? And uh, like Hulk, part of like Hulk Hogan, he's the biggest cunt in the universe. But part of, like, what made him, like, a phenomenon was that, like, he's very toyetic. Uh, he wore bright yellow, and he had hot dog skin, and he juxtaposed <laughs> against everyone else wearing, like, their black underwear on the shelf. Uh, and people, like, saw Hulk Hogan, and they're like, I want to play with that guy. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's an ultimate yeah. warrior being, like, the second wow. place. Uh, it's, a, it's a crazy thing. Uh toyeticness that I have learned recently. Uh, and it's it unfortunately works because mm-hmm. I, I watch Lupin the third the first or I watch something else and I like I catch myself thinking like, well that guy's very toyetic or that character's very yeah. toyetic. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. It's weird how yeah, it works. I'd I play a, with them. I want a Goimon action figure. Yeah. I want I want him <laughs> and his little sword. Uh, that's exactly what I want. I want uh, a uh, life-size Jigen doll for uh, for me. For reasons. For uh, reasons. Yeah. Bold, bold move this movie makes to make Jigen fucking hot as shit. Well, no, shit. they just made him... Uh, so let's get into... Let, let's transition into who the characters of Lupin are. There are five central characters. There's first... Yes. Arsène Lupin III, based on the French pulp uh, character from, like, the 1910s or 20s, who yeah. was just a fancy gentleman thief. They made him just kind of a rascal? Who? Uh, Arsène Lupin III. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a rascal. He looks like a monkey, mm-hmm. uh, which is fitting because he's created by a man named Monkey Punch. Um, and he, you know, he's... Oh... I mean, to describe, like, Lupin the Third, he's remarkably competent. He's a gentleman thief, and the rule is, like, you have to warn someone before you try to steal from them. Like, you are a gentleman thief, you leave a calling card, and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm coming, so, like, get ready. Um, he, uh, in every single He delivers single the Lupin... calling card at the start of the heist, instead of at the end. Yes, exactly. And that, that those are the rules of a gentleman thief. It's a pre-warning, like, get ready, try and stop me. Uh, yeah he's uh he's remarkably fun he's a master of disguise he is somewhat of like a womanizer but like usually it just means he's like kind of horny he's not like he's not particularly like predatory or even successful a woman uh, appreciator well no actually in the manga he is unfortunately successful um, okay. Well, yes, and that is wisely yeah. something that I think they have cut out of most adaptations. Is that like yes. he's 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 horny 
and particularly for Fujiko. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, he's he's a he's a horny man, uh, and in every single one of these movies, he is teamed up. With, there is some new wide-eyed young girl. <laughs> it's the weirdest every <laughs> one of these movies. Castle of Cagliostro has theirs. The little like princess in the tower. Uh, and he's just, like, I don't know, he's a cool guy. I think they work as point of view characters to see, like, why we think this character is cool. Like, yes. why is he interesting to watch and to see? You get why a young girl would be like, well, this guy's got a lot going on. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's kind of... This guy's competent as hell. That's hot. Competence to, is hot. To put it in a way for dumb Americans to understand, it's like, it's James Bond. Like no, but, you know, no, but it's like if Joey was from Friends was James Bond. Speaking of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, NBC's Joey uh, available on IMAX. Um, uh, speaking of Joe, uh, oh, Joey rather, uh, it is a crime. Uh, this is maybe just for me, but it is a crime that we have not seen Joe Conroy cosplay as Lupin the Third. I was thinking the same, but for Gigan. He is so, like he the hat, both. The like, hat and both. the beard. He could do either. Yeah. Um, but I, I was, I was just thinking about like it's really just when they two D animated Jigen's default pose of like hat pulled down over the eyes, long beard, crumpled stubby cigarette. There's just something about that that I'm like, oh, Joe could do that. Like the style yeah. of him. Uh, I think there's some there's there's something there. I guess maybe Joe I should Conway. like demeanor demeanor wise he uh, uh, physical wise he's Lupin uh, demeanor wise he's Jigen. Sure. So and which, like yeah we could all dream. Which brings us to yeah, the next character. Oh sorry. No, that's okay. I just I just want Joe to to cosplay as yeah. Jigen. Cosplay that's as Jigen and uh, and um, Lupin. So there's five uh, Jigen is we... Lupin's right hand man. Uh, he's yeah. based on James Coburn, the actor. Cool. Great. Um, <laughs> Love to and see so, it. yeah, and in this movie, they model his voice and face on James Coburn, which is just kind of fun. Yeah, he's played by the same guy, the same Japanese voice actor that played him in Castle of Cagliostro in, like, 79. Yeah. So that guy is now my most watched actor so far of 2021, because <laughs> I've watched him in both of these movies so far. <laughs> uh... It's him and Martin Scorsese <laughs> are my most watched actors of that, 2021 awesome. right now. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's he's cool. I mean, like, there's not a lot to say about Jigen. He's just a fucking cool dude. He's a sharpshooter. He, he, he drives cool, the car. He's tired all the time. Yeah, he's, he's actually canonically tired. he's canonically gay. Great. Love to see it. Yeah, awesome. Our, we, we love a gay king. Mm. We, we, we I, love an exhausted gay king. There's a... Yeah. There's a there's a scene in uh, in this one where, like, they're in that anti-gravity cave. Uh, or uh-huh. the cave where the gravity is controlled. And, like, he's sleeping upside down Great. on the ceiling. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm into this. Yeah, I can, yeah. Hell yeah oh, King. he's great. He's the one who's like, oh, Lupin, we're doing this. Come on, Lupin, we already did this. Come on, Lupin. Yeah, it's, and, he's, he's yeah. great. He's a good foil. He's a good second banana. Um, and, uh, the third banana in this triumvirate is, uh, where the thief's code meets the Bushido code. Yeah, or uh, no, there's Goemon, he's just a samurai. They just he's put just a, a samurai. samurai in the group. <laughs> he's just, he's just a samurai. There's this excellent, uh, episode of the 70s anime show, with the, the episode where these two meet, and they recognize each other as, like, the greatest thieves <laughs> 
and and they have like a thieves duel on a highway and like a hundred people die it's so fucked up uh but goimon's cool there's this there's this excellent running bit they have you know because he does it's it's the samurai trope of like guy removes sword and like plane gets cut in half well no in uh, guy samurai cuts nothing happens he puts the sword back in the sheath and then all the cutting happens. It's that to like its most comedic extreme. Yes. And for some reason, I always think it's so funny. To the because extent that just... like every, I think every time he cuts, it's literally uh, every time he cuts um, in this movie, <laughs> it's just a black screen with a swish. Like, yeah. The entire oh, screen so is cool. black. And there's, yeah, Super cool. Uh, there's a there's an excellent running bit in uh, Castle of Cagliostro where he doesn't even take the sword out of the sheath. He just goes like and like pulls it out a little bit and then like everyone around him just like erupts in blood. It's so fucking funny. Uh, it's it's really, uh, really, really good. Uh, and then uh, next member of the group, you have the classic femme fatale, uh, Fujiko Mine, uh, who is animated one handed. Um, and as soon as this movie panned over and I saw it tits, I was like, oh, it's Fujiko. Like, <laughs> it's, well, like, Fujiko Fuji. might be I my love her. favorite I think member she's of the group because yeah. oh, same, she, same. Is just at, she is just as competent as Lupin. Mm-hmm. Like, w- like, when she fucks up, it's usually stuff that is outside of her control. Yeah. Like, uh, like, really, she's, like, in the show, I watched the 70s one as well, she's, like, a barometer to set the stakes. Uh-huh. Like, she like is if what Fujiko is worried, we should all be do. worried. Yeah. Exactly. But, like, she uses her sexuality to, like, get ahead, because, yeah, femme fatale. But she is, she's the one who actually cares about money, like, actually cares about getting treasure and shit. Yeah, right. Lupin never walks away with the treasure. Like, I've yeah. never seen one of these stories where he walks away with the gold. <laughs> he yeah, just it's usually because the... Fujiko stole it from him. Right, Fujiko stole it, but then she sees that it was, like, actually a double cross and nobody has the treasure. It's, like, a classic classic formulaic bit. Yeah. Um, and it's, and she's also, usually she always the opening, has a machine gun. All the time. Always a machine gun. Uh, and she's usually either the opening or closing credits of whatever Lupin cartoon show you are watching. She is she is always one of those two things. Uh, and I, yeah, she's great. No no notes. I love she every anime has this problem with what they call fan service, which like a that term is gross. Uh, where there's always got to be some TNA on an anime show, and normally it's like reprehensible. Because the TNA is a 16-year-old. Uh, at least Fujiko is, like, an adult woman. Yeah! <laughs> at least Fujiko is, like, seems to, like, have agency in her own display, quote-unquote. And also, uh, 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 and I, though I've seen a lot of the, the second series from the 70s, and I, I've seen Castle of, I can never pronounce the second term. Cagliostro. Uh, Cagliostro. Though I've seen that stuff, I have a, I don't, my, my brain is soft. But uh, as far as I recall, and it happens in this one, like, she is, like, the femme fatale sexy character, but also, like, because it's in that, like, 60s, 70s style, like, it's very classily done. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's evening it, wear, not, like, lingerie. Yes, whereas yes. in a lot of anime and, and things, like, it's just very gross, like, 
the, the lower only, panties. The only the only example I can think of off the top of my head, and this is like a very egregious example, but like Ivy from Soul Calibur. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. Like, oh, no, exactly. exactly. God. Uh, just her her quote unquote armor is just like. <laughs> a, a thong and a bra and she has a whip uh and it's uh always super gross <laughs> yeah it's uh really bad what, and, what uh, anime does to women uh is very gross i think correct uh and that the uh community has taken to calling it fan service because in any other medium fan service usually refers to like oh here's a wink and a nod for the fans like oh if i'm reading a comic book and i encounter fan service it's a, a reference to a comic from 40 years ago that, like, mm-hmm. the fans, quote-unquote, would pick up on. Uh, when you're watching anime and you see fan service, it's women's tits, and that's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> that's, yeah. I hate yeah. that. It's so it is. fucking it is. gross. It, it, it's very, like, shitty B-movie, like, exploitation film shit. Yeah. That, at yeah. least in but America. But at least in the B-movies, so... they were usually adults. <laughs> like, yeah. Adult yeah, so the fact that it's normalized, it, it like... Like, like that's the problem with anime being pejoratively still a kids medium, even though it does have a lot of really great like adult stories in it, is that it has it's a huge base of man babies of adult children who want all of the like benefits of an adult, but also want all of the simplicity of childhood. Yes, so you get teens with like boobs the size of their heads it's, you and know, like, that's all that's in shot your 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 dead or alives uh for you know the video game franchise like <sighs> they introduced breast physics you know to to video yeah. games just like no but at least though at least they're adults like it's dumb sleazy like sexploitation stuff but it's for as far as i know grown women like it's the fact that they, but they, the fact that they have to make the show accessible to kids because that's still the main demographic, but still make it appeal to this niche group of adults. Horrible people. Yeah, for perverts. Yeah. Let's and be. Let, let's pervert, call them what the they pervert are. Perverts. Demo. And that's the a lot of pervert demo. That's another uh, thing. Like that's a lot of the reason. Another big reason, like why there's still like a big blind spot in my media intake and. Whatnot. When it comes to anime, it's because like there's a lot of anime out there that it's very like there's a lot of anime out there that I feel gross watching because of the oh, you know, yeah. fan service. And it's like I don't know. Whenever I'm looking to unwind after a long day's work, like I don't want to do that by feeling like a gross pervert. Right. <laughs> it's just not my thing. Uh, no. There's just a lot of this, uh, a lot of this anime, and a lot of the stuff that again, that's been recommended to me is like on top of it, just being something that's on an aesthetic level. I do not care for it. also makes me feel gross. And, uh, that's one of the nice little benefits of Lupin. It's like, again, it's got an element of all this, but it feels classy. It feels like, it almost mm-hmm. feels like, like haze code. Like <laughs> well, one of the like most influential manga and anime that I watched like as a teen was a show called Ranma Half. Okay. Which is about um uh this girl and boy are high schoolers that were put into an arranged marriage. 
Unfortunately, the boy has a uh, ancient Chinese curse. Uh, Japan is just as racist about China as the rest of the world. Um, that where if he is splashed with cold water, the boy turns into a girl. And if splashed with hot water, the girl is then turned back into a boy. Uh-huh. So, you know, there's a lot. So, Must yeah. Must showers it, interesting. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of bathhouse humor. That's a central uh. point of the comedy. But it was a, the, sh- the program was a, um, conce- a, written and drawn by, like, one of the most successful um, woman mangaka in Japan. And hmm. it's not real. And the way I see it, like looking back on, like, look, I enjoyed it for different reasons as a teen, but as an adult, it really doesn't see. It's really not like any nudity, which is just like you know, waste up stuff, is mostly just played as sex farce. Mm-hmm. No, very, like, it is never really. Portray- it's not portrayed as erotically that much. Or in a way, most of the eroticism comes when the character is wearing revealing clothing. The nudity itself is never portrayed erotically. Is it like, this is the only way my dumb brain knows how to process what you're saying. Um, Is it like American Pie level? Oh, absolutely! It, it's very okay. much. It's it's actually it's it's tamer than American Pie. Like sex American is never Pie really that- a thing. American but, Pie, that movie where someone sets up a hidden camera to capture a woman changing her clothes. Yeah, no, no, no. Ranma and Half she gets has, expelled. Ranma Half is female uh, upper body nudity, and it is 100% more wholesome than American Pie. Okay. Um, sex okay. is not a thing of it. It is just an incidental incident of a sex comedy that features mostly women. Gotcha. Okay. No, and it's just a, and like it's just a difference of. I it does feel like a difference of content, or not. Con, yes, a difference of content, but also just intent. No, there's absolutely. no. Yeah, it's just a joke, and I just think that's. I don't know an interesting perspective, Kevin. You can cut this if you think this goes absolutely nowhere. <laughs> uh, no, I uh, I refuse. I'm I'm sure someone uh, will be like, oh, the Rand Mahaff conversation that I've been waiting for. Um, I've I've not heard of yeah. it. Um, and then and, and, there, and there's a round whole, out our... like yeah. I am not the here's the thing. I will admit I am not the person to make actual um, observations and criticisms of female agency in Ranma Half. There are way I, I'm talking about stuff that I've read by essayists much smarter and thoughtful than I am. Mm-hmm. So please That's... check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and to, to round out our uh, our uh, our quints, our five main characters is Zenigata, uh, the Interpol agent, uh, who's always Lupin. <laughs> He's the guy that got is very funny. <laughs> he uh, makes me laugh. This is why I do subs. Is that you? You truly cannot replace the gruff voice Japanese voice actors with anything. There's there's a quality and tenor to their voice that is so pleasing and funny to me, and I could not dream of removing that from most programs. I'm assuming that you guys, when you watched this, yours was dubbed. Yes, I uh, mine was subbed okay. uh, on the PlayStation Network. They gave me an option; I could rent either the English dub version or the Japanese. Uh, subtitled version. Uh, okay. I went with subs. I of course. I uh, subs, not dubs, all the way. Um, I 
I think dubs are fine. There are dubs I enjoy. The Cowboy Bebop dub, I think, is uh, quite good. You know, it's not... It depends on if you want to read uh, something, and that's fine. Uh, I I pre-ordered this movie. Uh, It became a thing. I don't know... I don't know how it started, but every holiday, uh, every uh, holiday season, I uh, get my wife an anime film. And I don't know where that came from, but it's always been a thing. <laughs> and yes. uh, this this year, I thought I would double dip and uh, get her Lupin the Third the First, knowing also that we we're going to do it on this show. Uh, but I did not realize it did not come out on physical media until like three days ago, four days ago, at the time we were recording this. <laughs> And so, uh, because of that, I had to rent it, uh, and I could only get a, uh, a dubbed version. Um, I'm assuming it's dubbed. They did a weird thing, and I don't know if this was the same for you, Kevin. It felt like to, to my wife and I, when we watched it last night, that, like, they animated the mouths in a way that... They were moving, but they wouldn't match any language so that you could just drag and drop the the audio into wherever you needed. There were times where it looked like it matched, and there was times where it did not look like it matched. I was, It was distracting for a little bit of the movie, but then I, you know, I got used to it. It matched pretty well for me, I, but okay. I'm also not a particularly good judge of the Japanese language and and gotcha. how it would come out of a character's mouth. So I was really like, because of that disconnect, I was not um, really like paying attention to the words coming out of their mouths. I appreciated a lot of the like mouth animation. I think they do a lot of like good work with uh, Lupin and, and, and Jigen's and Zenigata's like mouth animations, but I wasn't really like trying to, to uh, study that. It's not, unheard of in this modern age that they would do both like both Mm -hmm. types of lip syncing i know that the um the witcher video game franchise does like a polish mouth animation and an english mouth animation and for the sheer amount of mouth animations in that game i'm just like agog at how much work that is um i know they do like a certain amount of like bot work that it's like you just have this program that will try and interpret the words being said as best it can into into mouth movements but still i'm just like i'm flabbergasted at it. I, so I, I do I, know i cannot speak to it i do know that uh that whole thing with like mouth animations and languages and different translations uh, being a thing is a lot of the reason why they've not made a Where's Waldo movie, because only in America is he Waldo, and everywhere else he's Wally. Uh, and <laughs> your mouth moves different saying Wally than saying Waldo. And they just thought, like, it'd be too expensive to... Br- they couldn't Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone it, uh, or at least they don't feel like they could. Um, that being a reference to the first Harry Potter movie, where... Um, in For Ameri- some reason, they thought Americans wouldn't know what a philosopher was. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> philosophers so aren't with... magic? What are you talking about? So they India. went with sorcerers? <laughs> yeah, there were... In uh, the first Harry Potter movie, they shot that movie twice. They just did two takes of every scene. Yep. Um, or, uh, not every scene, but every scene where this came up. So, like, in America, it is the Sorcerer's Stone, but in Britain, it's Philosopher's Stone. There's also a lot in that first movie, uh, because for some reason, I ended up with a 
uh, copy of the international DVD. And there's a lot of that. So like there was this disconnect of like, wait, oh, they're saying like philosopher. Whereas I've been, I've known only the sorcerer's stone. Uh, and there's a lot of that movie where they say it off camera. They, they, um, I think did a lot of cheating. They didn't cheat every time, but like, oh, we're looking at a book and we're saying, uh, like the name of the stone when we're look when the shot is on the book or when we're on the other side of a doorway or or something like that. Uh, I there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff like that. Gotcha. In in that first movie, uh, so I'm not I'm not actually sure on the on the uh, subs v dubs mouth animation. Justin, you watched the uh, the dub? Uh, yes, I did. Um, also, I don't think we ever clarified. Zenigata is a officer of Interpol. Uh, he is a cop. That uh, finally and, the movies for babies gang can uh, approve of because he's a incompetent. Movies for baby staple. Um, yeah, absolutely. Zenigata is the only cop I like. Uh, well, I... He's also incompetent, but yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, he's incompetent. He's angry, uh, but in a funny way. He's got a million officers behind him. Yeah, all the time. So it's, he's the same cop as every cop that we've encountered. Uh, but the difference is that we yeah. like this one for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, his primary yeah. weapon is a pair of handcuffs on a rope. That he so good. So fucking good. Uh, yeah, so remarkable. Uh, yeah. He has this weird, like, chivalric uh, streak uh, with the with the uh, Laetitia uh, in this in this movie uh, that he's like, we must <laughs> protect and honor this young woman. Uh, it reminded me of, uh, I don't know if y'all have seen Porco Rosso. It reminds me of the American troops in, uh, that movie that they're like, oh, this, this young lady, we, we must salute and protect the young lady partner of Porco Rosso. He's a, he's a bad cop, but a good cop. And yeah. we like He's him. good because he's bad. Yes. It's a, yeah. so it's, he's the same type of cop on movies for babies, but. We just feel about him differently. It's <laughs> can't explain it. Like, he just uh, he 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 wants to get Lupin. He is his only desire is to be the one to catch Lupin. He will go to the ends of the earth for Lupin. <laughs> like yes. in, in the shows, whenever he catches Lupin, he immediately has an existential meltdown because he doesn't know what else to do with his what life. What do I do? <laughs> He is the wily coyote to Lupin's Roadrunner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if sometimes those two teamed up when like a worse uh, bad guy was was at play, when the Nazis yes. got another Doomsday weapon. Oh, well, we'll, we'll <laughs> which, get into that. Which like that I I didn't really know anything about like the plot of this movie going into it, Dang. and the fucking like boys from Brazil. <laughs> Hitler so, so do we want to talk life. about the actual story of the movie? Sure. Or? It's it's pretty light, like most yeah. um, loop. It's mostly just like a, a global, uh, uh, you know, chase. Um, yeah. Or uh, there's always it's it, they're they're very simple, and that's part of like their appeal. This one feels Lupin is not like M rated or anything like that, but this is definitely a kids film. Uh, yeah. This is like a full ass. Uh, kids movie still uh, goes in fun. directions that you'd be surprised for a children's movie um but Absolutely. it is it is tamer than other lupin fair that i've seen 
Lupin pair I've seen. Yeah, the the TNA is tamer. The violence and shooting is tamer, but it's never mm-hmm. been like bad. Like Lupin is not a. It's not berserk. It's not. Yeah. It's not like one of those uber <laughs> violent uh, or or uber sexual franchises. Uh, but yeah, it opens uh, as every uh, Lupin film should with uh, a heist already basically in progress, uh, where uh, the uh, Book of Bresson is uh, up for auction this like oh i guess it oh it does a cold open where it does yeah. a car chase but i, yeah. I nazis uh, hunt down an archaeologist and kill them yeah i honestly couldn't care less about any story about like your parents died and you must carry on their leg i don't care maybe that's my relationship to my own parents but i don't <laughs> care i don't care i don't care about anyone's fucking parents or grandparents i don't I don't care, uh, but it's fine. The, it, the movie does not. With the, I'm the last male with the name Thule, and, and like I've taken a hard no children stand. <laughs> Kill so, that uh, line off. I'm in the I'm in the same boat as you. Let this legacy fucking die with me. Salt the earth of the family tree, baby. It's oh. over. Uh, let the roots rot with me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just I don't care about anybody's like family legacy, but it's fine. Like Leticia's fine, Lupin's fine. They don't they yeah. don't do too much of yeah. it, where it just feels like, oh, good God, stop it, talking it about. It does feel like a move that was made to make the movie appeal to a wider audience of outside oh, yeah, of Japan. Yeah. There are oh, times. Yes. There are times where this, d- despite it, you know, being made by like Toho. And despite it uh, being made in Japan, yeah, G like, Kids, yeah, uh, and G Kids, and I mean, there are French animators. There's a, you know, all the best animation is French right now. Um, but it does feel like it was, it's, it was made to appeal to a, a wider audience. Yes. Um, with that, and maybe this is for final thoughts, and maybe I will save this. Um, it took me a little bit to get into this one. The first half an hour or so i wasn't crazy about this movie it won me over and the mm. the more that time has gone on and the more i've thought about it the more i've enjoyed it more of i appreciated it but i was thinking about this and maybe you guys uh tell me if i'm right or wrong or, or what you think but like obviously we get a lot of reboots now obviously we get a lot of remakes now um and obviously there's a lot of cases where like successful reboots less than successful reboots blah 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 blah. the only example i can think of right now like for better for better or for worse uh example of a good reboot would be like the force awakens yeah there is a level where of reboot where like i don't know how to put it this is the only way i know how to describe it but like it doesn't feel like a reboot but more it feels like a cover band uh-huh. and mm-hmm. uh did this where do you guys think this falls does does this feel like a reboot does this feel like the same continuity no. does this feel I, like no. a band? i think continuity feel... is ultimately irrelevant for a um for a property like for, for like lupon because he's just so old and he's been rebooted so much well what i say about continuity when i say continuity i mean does it feel like the same oh yeah i think, I think heaven so. is right in Big. that lupon is so has such a strong historical story structure that uh-huh. I think it's less about how good of a move that the primary, that if you're going to do like work on Lupin, your primary objective is showing how good you are at doing 
a Lupin style story. Okay. That follows exactly. the same beats, the same structure. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and, you are. And- yeah, you're covering a beloved tune, and you're just showing how good of an artist you are playing that song. You're not exactly. trying to reinvent anything. You're not trying to like maybe make it your own a little bit, but you have to pay homage to the legacy of what's come before you. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Is does this feel like uh, does this feel like a cover band and someone's imitating those notes, or does it feel like the original artists have gotten back together for one last album? This feels like they took an episode of the show and just made it feature length. Yeah, I agree. This this okay. is the right. They they got the vibe again. It's like a little more three D animated, like kiddish. Yeah, uh, it feels like particularly kiddish, but I think it feels uh, strong. That's uh, something that I will. I I cannot describe to you the huge wave of relief that washed over me when this movie called Lupin the Third the First was not a fucking origin story for Lupin. I cannot yeah. describe to you how good it felt when I was like. Oh god damn it like and it starts in like 1940 I'm like is this going to be like his first heist or something mm-hmm. and then we cut to a decade later mid century Europe mid heist <laughs> yeah. oh god the last thing I want to know about is how he met Fujiko I yes. don't care like yeah. the the appeal of this franchise is this is the story every episode is a new heist every movie is a new he- like that is the yeah the wheels, it, it's not only, like, the wheel that makes the story go. The story is the wheel. Like, the wheel is the whole reason we're here. And and they, I was just so, like, oh, thank God. Like, we're opening Same. mid-heist. Uh, this isn't about his grandpa. I, that element is, I think, the weakest of the movie. It doesn't yeah. have, like, a, a, the emotional payoff you would want it to have. Yeah. To have it in here at all. Like, the moment where he puts on the famous, the famous hat and cane... It's the supposedly like, famous. Yeah, allegedly famous. I mean, that's just like, that is what Arsene Lupin, like Arsene Lupin, red jacket, black top hat, cane. Like, that is the classical idea of that guy. But I just, they don't set it up enough or pay it off enough that it really, like, works. But yeah. the movie is so brisk that I don't, I, it doesn't really, like, detract anything for me because we don't spend a lot of time uh laying those bricks um and the 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 weakest element of this movie for me is like the no you're not a nazi's kid you're the good people's kid and i'm like okay fine Mm -hmm. um that uh anyway but um yeah the i i think it feels like straight good lupin they did a good job of keeping like the walk cycle animations of the 2D versions of these characters and turning them into 3D, like mm-hmm. Zenigata's like shoulders out, arms pump, like funny run <laughs> that he always does. Bow like bow legged um, all the time. Bow, yeah, bow legged. Like they kept like the when Lupin gets wrapped up in that net and like they do a great like squash and stretch like his arms are up by his head uh and and the net falls over i think they did a really good job uh translating this to a little more to 3d but also to um a a slightly younger broader audience it was just uh i was thinking a lot about um the peanuts movie uh the peanuts Mm -hmm. movie that came out um God, when was that? 2015, 2014? 
the uh, the one with uh, that um, I know you lie. Your hit, your lips are moving. Boy, do you think I'm dumb? Whatever, whatever her name is, she did uh-huh. the she did the theme song for it. And I was I was thinking a lot about that movie while watching this. And uh, I'm I'm curious to know what you guys. I guess I know what you guys think, but just like that movie, though they did a CG that kind of felt like the original 2D animation style. It still mm-hmm. did not feel enough like that old Peanuts mm-hmm. thing. It, like, it felt more like a cover band than it felt like the original artists. Like, uh, it, like it's kind of like uh, like with cartooning, you have to do style. Like cartooning is stylization. It yeah. is simplifying and elaborating on things in a way that you don't have to show all the detail, but you can get away with enough. The problem yes. with CGI is that because of the CGI, we assume it has. It, it we we can then add we can get rid of the shorthand, but by keeping the silhouettes and the shapes and the general line work of the cartoon, but giving it texture of real stuff, create mm. to me creates that kind of conflict and an uncanniness that can go awry. I think the peanuts don't do it well. I think it get I think it's doesn't work as well in like the Captain Underpants movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it like I think it works better in here, just because we see it's not as prevalent, mm. and it's just better integrated. But I definitely get where you're coming from, Vern, in the sort of the cover band idea, because it is just it is it's literally adding dimensions to something that already existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, I I I do get ya. Uh, but I I it felt it felt like classic yeah. uh, Lupin to me. It, it 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 did for me too. Uh, for the most part, there was a few things where I was like, mm. but also too. Uh, it's been over a decade since I've watched the uh, the second series on Adult Swim. It's been a a year and a half since I watched uh, Castle. So uh, I I my memories uh may be convoluted. No, uh, okay. Sorry to get us way off track of the story. I was just <laughs> my apologies. No, for that. That's okay. Um, yeah, uh, we open uh, uh, as a Lupin movie should classic like fun heist chase, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, Lupin gets captured. But don't worry, it was his plan all along. Uh, you uh, the the Lupin universe really asks one to just accept that everyone always has a plan that we knew nothing about. And that is that is an aspect of the storytelling. Is that like, nah, Fujiko had a plan you didn't know anything about. Uh, don't Lupin got captured, but don't worry. Somehow Jigen and Goemon knew to be in this desert at this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't no, worry. Everyone, about yeah, it. It, 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 it's competence. Everyone knows what they're doing. You just don't know it. And it's not yeah, like just don't know. the Sherlock TV show where it's just kind of <sighs> shitty. Christ. That makes you feel makes you the viewer feel like an idiot for not knowing. It's just, oh, no, you, you, the viewer, are told it's fine. Everyone knows what they're doing. Just sit back and watch. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so he gets captured. Uh, yeah. Great uh, car chase sequence. I really, really liked this. The The way that the cars were moving and ducking in and out, like the, the physics felt just cartoony enough that I really, like, we got some fun movements, some fun animation. The fucking police van getting cut in half is... <laughs> classic goimon shit rules (laughs) rules uh and it's like two half cars driving always good always good when you get a half car um Mm -hmm. 
And uh, Zenigata just, like, trying to chase the car on foot, just screaming Lupin. Uh, beautiful, beautiful work. Um, and then uh, the gang splits up, and we... Uh, and Lupin sneaks into the apartment of young girl, uh, but so it doesn't. Again, they they walk that line where it doesn't feel like creepy or or predatory. Yeah. You know it almost I mean? gets there, but it doesn't. It, it almost, almost does. Where he's like given like a little kissy kiss face. It's it, it inappropriate. Not good. Not good timing, Lupin. Yeah. I will say. Poor <laughs> move, gentleman thief. Yeah, what, what kind of gentleman are you? <laughs> you coming in here, uh, uh, trying to kiss uh, Laetitia. The the Japanese voice actors had a real, <laughs> real difficulty making Laetitia work. Um, it's not, and I get like it's yeah, it's some European ass name. Uh, like mid century Europe ass language does not necessarily translate to modern day Japanese, but they were really they were <laughs> they had to make that one like a whole ham sandwich. You know could have I mean? just said Helen. Helen's easy. <laughs> Helen's easy. Less letters, but no Laetitia. Well, they need Laetitia for the puzzle that happens. Yeah, for the. But for the they puzzle. made up the puzzle themselves. They could have used any number. That's true. That's well, true. you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> there, it's not a real puzzle. It did, it's a fake uh, one. The puzzle didn't pre-exist the film. I think they needed it to be a distinct enough name that mm. you would think about using it for the puzzle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, it it couldn't have been Jane because Jane is is too common and plain a name. It needed to be distinctive enough that our master thief would think to use it as the password. Um, immediately following a sequence where she's like, yeah, everyone in my family's named Letitia. Yeah. <laughs> this very, this name we all know. It was to a which thing Lupin the third says, that's dumb. That's weird. That's <laughs> my, dumb. my first name, Arsene. <laughs> <laughs> very common name, of course. My first name. It was a thing where, uh, though I was watching the, the dub, uh, we're a, we're a subtitles house here because uh, we're both partially deaf, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so it was a thing where it's like the instant she said her name and it was Leticia, but it was not spelt like any time I've seen Leti Kevin's tweet about Caitlin the other day. Uh, <laughs> I was I saw the name Leticia pop up and I'm like, that's a weird way of spelling. And so then whenever the puzzle popped up later, I was like, oh, it's her name. And that yeah. was a that was kind of a bummer for me. To, uh, I know I'm but, about 20 years older than the target audience for this movie, but I'm like, come on, Lupin, it's obviously Leticia. Yeah. <laughs> come yeah. on. Come on, man. <laughs> like, get, come get on, with... movie. Dora. What are you, for babies? <laughs> Swiper, is, Swiper is right behind you, Dora. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> the Purple Runner, Mountain no, is back there. <laughs> the Purple Mountain is back there. A clue! A clue, Blue! You Come son on, Steve. Steve, turn the fuck around! For Christ's sake! There's a clue! You're killing a clue. Me, Steve! You're killing me! <laughs> Steve! Steve, you're drunk! Stop talking to the mailbox and look under the fucking couch! <laughs> Grover! Grover, I know near and far are different. You don't have to keep explaining it to me. Grover, the monster is you. You are the monster. You're <laughs> the on end every of the page book, of this Grover. fucking book. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
who's that Pokemon? It's Pikachu, obviously. <laughs> I know what he looks like. Who's that Pokemon? Duh. Oh, uh, shit. Woo. So, I don't know if we ever talked about what the heist is for. The heist is for a, a, a special diary that has like a clockwork puzzle on it. And a bomb. Yeah, and, and a bomb to blow up whoever fucks up the puzzle. And Lupin whoever helps Leticia, a archaeologist termed thief, who's trying to get into Boston University. <laughs> which is the funniest fucking thing in the world to me, because I sincerely forgot that Boston is still a famous city that the rest of the world knows about. For sure. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Boston. And again, I want uh, to go to Boston. Again, <laughs> us us grappling with the fact that the world is not a fucking cartoon. Like <laughs> we us three, we think of Boston. We think of just drunkard Ben Affleck getting ready to punch other. You know, <laughs> oh, like, oh yeah, yeah. We don't realize like oh no, there's a you know like MIT's there. Like there's a, an intelligent community in Boston. Yeah. Boston uh, dynamics, Boston the robot guys. Shameless just plays. My my, yeah. and even though that's from Chicago, uh, you know, my friend Aaron Jeopardy champion Aaron McLean is from Boston, uh, and despite yeah. me having a, a closeness with my friend Aaron McLean and knowing she's a very intelligent woman who is like, uh, who has several degrees and fucking won a Jeopardy tournament, uh, we just think of Boston as being like. Hey, Park the Con, Bob and John. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Mark Wahlberg over here. Go Pads. Park, yeah, well, we park the car in Harvard Yard. And we're like, like the these part. idiots. These idiots. Dumbasses. Dumbasses. The I clue see the is right network. behind you, you dumb piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck. Hey, blow. Blow the clue behind you. <laughs> Fucking idiot dog can't see the fucking ball print. God damn it. Dude, you gotta jump into the fucking painting, you dumb piece of shit. <laughs> Elmo, don't ask a baby. He doesn't have information for you. <laughs> Woo. Uh, Oscar, yeah, get anyway. the elephant out of, your tr- out of your trash can. <laughs> Oscar, you can't fit that in there. <laughs> This Oscar, he really speaks to me. <laughs> I, I understand his disposition and general dislike you know, of hey, the human hey, condition. Hey, listen, Stinky the plant knows what it's about, right? <laughs> Oscar the Grouch is fucking Boston strong. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they, they solve the uh, remarkably easy uh, riddle of the book. You dumb bitch, Lupin. Of course it's Letitia. Um, weren't you watching the movie? <laughs> Thank God, thank God Loop on the Third has a grasp of how millennial children uh, spell the names of their children. You know, and <laughs> he didn't think it was, you know, thank God he realized, like, oh, it's Letitia, but it's spelled like, you know, with a, with a word cannon, with a word shot. It's spelled like a Lord of the Rings character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, as opposed to, like, yeah, again, Caitlin, where, like, you meet a Caitlin, you attempt to write that name down, and you're like, this could go. Any direction. Hello, there's I am Catalian no of the House of Stars. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no fucking telling what that name is about to look like when someone says their name. God, like if her name was, so my wife is Nicole, but her her name is Nicole with an H in it. 
yeah. and so like if the uh, if the lady in this movie was uh, Nicole, uh, he would have blew up the whole building because everyone spells Nicole's name just N I C O L E. It's a uh, thank God Lupin is uh, world traveled and he knows. How people spell things, and Lupin would have been dead as shit and taken those Nazi bitches with him. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I don't know if we made that clear. The people that um, Lupin and Letitia is trying to beat to the uh, to the diary is the Ananerbe wing of the former Nazi party. Yeah, it's not Hydra. <laughs> the, it's it's not the very like... real old SS archaeology unit. Yes, it's yeah. not like. They don't do a, a Marvel thing where it's Nazis but not Nazis. Like, these are full-on Nazis to the level that, like, Hitler appears in this film. Oh, yeah, no. The leader of the Nazis <laughs> is a guy who, unfortunately, looks a lot like David Lynch. Yeah, I was... Yeah. David, David Lynch, but with Werner Herzog's voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's evil David Lynch is convinced that uh, Hitler is alive in South America, and he keeps an old, a photo of him all on himself all the time. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta tell y'all, I was watching, I had had gin drunk, and I had just eaten, like, a, a heap of help at a Chinese food. Uh, and like it was eleven at night, and when he pulls out a fucking hit picture of Hitler, I like I <laughs> a, gl- a glossy headshot of old Hitler. Chair. I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. We're going, we're going where even fucking Indiana Jones wouldn't to, go. Like Hitler yes. himself. Like, well, actually, yes. never mind. Indiana Jones did go there. But well, Belloc guess, yeah, was no. not Hitler himself. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Belloc. Yeah. No, no, no. But in the second one, they show Hitler. They do. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, not the second one. The third one. He gets the an autograph. One. Oh. No, I don't. Re- the, I don't remember that. I can't recall. Um. Also, uh, the second Indiana Jones movie is a prequel, and they never explain that, and <laughs> it's very like. It's uh, it completely threw me a loop for the for the first time I watched it, that. Movie. Well, it, it, uh, it's, try, anyway. it's trying to play into the adventure serial part where yeah. actually, which from the the cloth from which the um loop on the third is cut Absolutely. from, yes. where it's just basic little plot. You you come in, you get caught up uh, by you know looking at the little prequel last time on loop on the third. Yes. Or last time on Indiana Jones. And you're caught up, you watch a guy do some hijinks and punch a Nazi, because this was the 1940s. Yes. And then you move on. Those old adventure serials where... Buck Rogers nonsense. It's okay if you've not caught the first three. Like, this is a self-contained story that adds up to a a larger narrative. Um, Exactly. Which is why the prequel Star Wars movies and the sequel Star Wars movies fail... Because the only way you could enjoy those movies is if you see the original core, uh, core trilogy. Correct. Yep. It is the it is the obstacle that those movies and we are not about to start talking about Star Wars, but it is the the wrong seed that the tree is grown from. That like yes. the say what you will about the fucking Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they are always going forward. They are always like, yes. what is next? As opposed to Star Wars, which is like Oh, weren't these three movies great? <laughs> and specifically the yeah. first two, aren't those great? Uh, whereas, like, Lupin blessedly does not have any of that. It's baggage-free. Also, 
I was thinking about this, like, and it won't happen, uh, and it's sad, but, like, we know you guys are going to do a new Indiana, Indiana Jones movie. We know what's going to happen. We know you're going to do six and seven and eight more Indiana Jones movies. Mm-hmm. Get these guys that did this Lupin movie to do to write your Indiana Absolutely. Jones movie. Like, oh, yeah. Like, this is, this is... This is the best Indiana Jones movie uh, <laughs> that we've seen in a long time, and it's a loop on the third movie. Absolutely, they're doing. Uh, I know it won't They're happen, doing but. some like uh, open world Indiana Jones video game, like Ubisoft yeah, yeah. is publishing. Well, yeah, that. By, by by pinnacle of quality, Bethesda. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I uh, great. Now I have no interest. In <laughs> oh, excellent. A yeah. game I can skip. Cool. <laughs> I love love to know that it's just like, oh, okay, I don't have to worry about this. <laughs> Stop trying. If, if there's one thing Indiana Jones needed is lack of focus in Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What I hated about Raiders was its linear focus and efficiency of storytelling. <laughs> That's what, oh, I hated that so much about Raiders of the Try Lost as you Rick. might, you're never going to beat uh, Fate of Atlantis as an Indiana Jones video game. Stop trying. Stop like, trying. Just go back and play Fate of Atlantis. <laughs> then That's the best Indiana Jones Apart from, like, I don't know, Tin Tin and Lupin the Third, it's the best Indiana Jones thing you can the get. The ideal like, Indiana Jones video game is just Castlevania, but in, like, an old-ass temple instead of a castle. Like, that's what an Indiana well, Jones... Well, it's Tomb Raider! Tomb wow. Raider is the ideal Indiana Jones yeah, video game. Yeah, you basically got me there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you basically got me there. I, uh... We, uh, yeah... We, this movie, as we, as we said, like, deals with real... Real deal Nazis, to the extent that Hitler appears in it. Mm-hmm. I am, because of the audience that, you know, would watch this, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of, like, edge lords and whatnot in the anime audience, anime fandom. I'm so oh, yeah. happy well, that, like, all Hitler does in this movie is, like, sit in a wheelchair and play with a machine. I'm so glad that he doesn't do anything ridiculous. Because that would just be a gif on Twitter for the end until until the end of time. I'm so oh, happy yeah. that yeah, like, he does like a silly were, shrug. That's like the only thing he yes. does that is. Uh, at I all was gif-able. so happy that it wasn't ridiculous. J- Japan uh, has done really has done an admirable job distancing themselves from the <laughs> their relationship to Nazi Germany and you know trying to overcome that trying to. Uh, um, compensate for their relationship to the nazi regime uh they're really kind of dropping the ball making up for their own war crimes in world war ii but well and you yeah know. and uh they have they've done a good job of distancing distancing themselves from their relationship with the nazis but uh half of america has picked up the slack so it's all good america <laughs> yeah is. well no here's the thing we did well, i mean in all fairness house. america didn't distance from the nazis we actually let them in yeah so. we 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 embrace them with open arms, and uh, it's, uh, it's uh, you know... Uh, uh, Nothing yeah. bad National can come from welcoming uh, the smartest Nazis into our country. Nothing bad <laughs> can come of this, nope. of this uh, exact action. Like, oh, the most competent science... The most competent scientists from a country whose idea of science was just shooting... Like, was just shooting prisoners and then seeing what happened. World War II would have gone down a lot differently, uh, and things would have been a lot different for Japan if right before the uh, Pearl Harbor attacks had happened, they had just painted Antifa on the side of the planes. Uh, we would have never, 
we would have never uh, went after them whatsoever. The bombs wouldn't have been dropped. We America would have lost World War II. Uh, <laughs> that's the that's the one thing that would have saved them. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's all good. But they didn't do it. Uh, we live in a hellscape, by the way. <laughs> we do. Thank uh, God for. I was so happy to see a movie where it was like not only were Nazis in this movie, but like. These are bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> These are terrible. They, they, don't, like, they don't try. They don't go into their motives. It is just implicitly held that Nazis wanting to rebuild the Third Reich is a bad thing. Yes, it yeah. is like the <laughs> oldest video game shorthand in the world. Like you don't have to do anything to build up your bad guys. If you're like, oh, this is uh, Wolfenstein, you're gonna shoot Nazis, and I'm like. Got it. You need tell me nothing yeah. else Except about what they're up to. controversial now. Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't... If it's a Wolfenstein... If it's, like, anything like that, it's, like... Uh, especially in a video game, like, I don't care. Get me to the part where I can start shooting and punching the Nazis. <laughs> I don't care. Like, There's those uh, remarkable uh, uh, Wolfenstein games that started coming out a few years ago, like Wolfenstein New Order and New Colossus, that are, like... They, they have storytelling that I've, like, never seen in a video game before, but also, like, yeah, the storytelling's great, but I just, uh, can I just, like, murder 17,000 more Nazis now, please? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's, let's jump to the part where I can kill Nazis. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, bad guy Nazis, they get fucking sucked into a black hole. <laughs> like... Yeah, and, yeah. So, so it turns out that the diary, which was uh, written by uh, Letitia's twist grandfather, and was like encoded by Lupin's grandfather, who yeah, is a storyline they never really deal with. That Lupin like helped set up like the temple. I think. I, I don't know. There's a magic temple of super tech in Mexico. They go to an Aztec temple. And they get a, uh, and then they get a Geiger ass looking, uh, Final Fantasy boss. Yeah, they get a fucking yes. super Final Fantasy ass, uh, <laughs> boss here. Uh, the only thing that keeps it from being Final Fantasy is that Lupin does not end this movie by killing God. <laughs> uh, but <Yeah>. he's just <laughs> short of that. Uh, but this is like, this is the section that I'm like, yeah, this is what I like about Lupin. Like, we go from a little plane sequence into a little, like, the gang's all here and they're gonna go through, like, a tomb, uh, and, and they're gonna all, like, work to figure it out. The, like, <laughs> the solution being a meteor and the fact that Goemon has a blade made of meteor metal is, like, a little, <laughs> a little too convenient. Uh, but yeah, well, they... like they need like, like like that's a classic like samurai thing. Like that, that that's a classic samurai thing. And Goemon's character is sa samurai. He doesn't have another character. Yeah, he's trait. samurai. He's just samurai. Which like makes I guess so. It... That's the one thing that go if Goemon can't cut it, he can't do anything else. <laughs> so they, they have to give him something else to do in the movie because he's done nothing but cut to this no, point. And they... So they go to his other trait. Having a sword. Yeah, and they pay it off with, like, him being so pissed that, like, his sword is being used to, like, solve a puzzle instead of cut guys. And so, like, <laughs> later when he gets to cut guys, he's just, like, so happy. The payoff is good, yeah. even if the setup is, like, weak. You know what I mean? 
Uh, and I guess too, it's a thing where like if we weren't dumb Americans, it would have been like, oh yeah. Of well, course, of course he has a blade because we're dumb Americans. Yeah. Uh, so it, exactly. it sounds like Justin didn't have the same problem with that as I did, which is that's fine. Um, but then, like, I, that, but but that but that's because I have my own very special cocktail of brain poisoning. <laughs> so <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all? But don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all? You you. You you knew that and like so it, it made sense to you. Or yeah, no, like, I was watching this and seeing that he gotta explain to the audience. Don't you know that samurai have uh, have swords poised from meteorotic iron? <laughs> and I'm just screaming at the screen. Yes, Senigata, we all know. <laughs> we all, can we move on? <laughs> we all. Whereas, whereas if you were if Justin and if Justin was watching, you know, Love and Mercy. And he saw that scene where Dennis Wilson looks over an ocean and says, you can lose a lot out there. It means nothing to you. But with my brain poisoning, I was like, oh, my God, Dennis Wilson drowned. You know, like it's, uh, <laughs> it, it plays on a knowledge that uh, you a specific uh, uh, section of knowledge. And uh, I don't Justin's know who Dennis is, Wilson is. Oh, it's one of the Beach Boys. Oh, brother of Brian nice. Wilson. Yes. Uh, brother of Brian. Uh, Brian. Oh, OK. Yeah, exactly. The, the one that introduced. Uh, Charles Manson uh, to the world. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Dennis. Yeah, Dennis, great job, bud. Oh, you sold your gold records to give Charles Manson money? <laughs> Maybe chill? A man, who clearly, a man who clearly knows how to spend it wisely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, great uh, great uh, issue of a Hawkeye comic where they essentially run into Brian Wilson. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, there's like a whole issue of uh, the, the 2012 Hawkeye series uh, where they she they essentially get embroiled in like the rights to Beach Boys songs and like the tortured legacy of like a genius who doesn't know how to create his creations anymore. Um, it's a really, uh, excellent, uh, issue. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, find the Nazi super weapon and then we get, um, the shit you show up to a Lupin movie for where the little yellow car is chasing a big plane and they're jumping back and forth and like, it's, 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 it's good shit. That's all I gotta say. My, yeah, my... the weapon is just, it's just an old super weapon that makes black holes and can fly and they don't, and they don't go, and you don't need to know where the weapon came from, no. <laughs> why it looks the way it looks, how the Aztecs, if it was the Aztecs, came up with it, or where it came from, how it does anything. It's just, oh, this is a weird organic-looking machine that makes black holes. I liked the and uh, can fly. This Fuck probably, you for asking. <laughs> this is probably the wrong terminology for an animated film, but I really enjoyed the production design on that machine. The two oh, yeah. rotating orbs that yeah. like you just use hand movements to control. Uh, I thought that was a nice little like clicking. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it makes bio organic like a stinger. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a it's a really good design. I think animated movies have people you would call production designers. I think I think they still have. It's yeah. just not a physical. I think. Production. Oh, yeah. They have like prop designers yeah. and set designers and all that stuff. Yeah, they they have all that stuff, and this is good. This is a little, um, uh, too like doomsday. Not necessarily what I want from Lupin for like my personal tastes. I like when it's just like a mm. treasure, but like okay, yeah, you're making like a it big does... movie. It's just a little too like, uh, kids movie doomsday device end of the world kind of kind of stuff. 
it's it's said, too much the movie kind of thing yes. for like if if you're doing a the movie movie of a tv show you do that yeah like at what happens in every pokemon movie Correct. uh <laughs> it's uh if it's a, a, a the scooby-doo uh the the origins of movies for babies where like yes there is a needless origin story, and there's like this will end the world with this convoluted thing that we're we will uh, open related the to. gates of hell yeah. to end the world and get the hell's treasure. This dips its toe into that territory, um, and uh, thank God it's just a toe because like that whole pool is what soured uh, the Scooby Doo movie uh, mm-hmm. on a pod named Scooby Doo. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy it was just. A little bit. I guess it's like, I guess because this is kind of designed to appeal to a, a wide audience, the the people that made it rightfully were just like, Americans are dumb. They'll only understand something if like the end of the world coming about and like your bloodline can stop it. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> we have to have that American exceptionalism where like we can. Oh, we are related to this. We have, you know, whatever. Yeah. I I appreciate that this movie. They, they realize they have to dumb it down. This movie does not go the route that it's like only Laetitia can open the the thing. Like they don't do any of that, which I appreciate. Like her name unlocks it, but it's never like Lupin. Only the blood of Arsene Lupin can cleanse the Doomsday device of its power. Uh, they don't go to any of that, which is like truly my least favorite thing we've decided movies should have in them now. I just, I cannot stand it. It's the most boring yeah. thing in the entire world to me. I don't want anyone to be special. I want I want a movie to make a character special. I don't want the movie to tell me a character is special. Yes. Correct. Um, and uh, I think our next Movies for Babies outing will get into that a lot, uh, which is one of the things I like about the next movie we're going to talk about. Uh, but, yeah. The, the... What is the next movie we're going to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, after this we do need to figure out our schedule, but I think we need to get back to the plot of the movie Sorry. Oh, okay. real quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, um, the plot is pretty uh, slight. Uh, of yeah. course, our Nazis. Nazi gets the black hole machine. They trick the Nazi, but with his oh, he with his one dream that he ever wants to be have, it, which is to meet old Hitler, <laughs> to get to get a pat on the he, back from Mein Führer. Yeah. To get, to get... And, and David Lynch meets old man Führer, and he's so happy, and he's so <laughs> upset when it turns out that it's Lupin in disguise. And then Lupin's like, and there's a Hitler's not alive. Hitler fucking where killed Lynch himself. Doesn't you... say, Hitler fucking killed himself. Hitler's in a wheelchair, and when he stands up, they should have had David Lynch go, Mein Fuhrer, you can walk? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very nice. uh, References. You love to see them. They love it! Uh, You love to see it. There's a movie that, uh, that Martin Short did. It was a Jiminy Glick thing. Jiminy Glick and La La Wood, I think it was called. <laughs> and uh, Jiminy Glick is a thing where, like, he's a, he works in a sketch. He did not work in a two series, a t- a two seasons of a show that happened. And I don't know how he works in a movie because I've not seen it. But uh, there's a movie, Jiminy Glick and La La Wood, La La Wood, where Martin Short plays both the hero of the movie, the protagonist of the movie, Jiminy Glick, and the antagonist of the movie, David Lynch, 
and it's Martin Short playing David Lynch as the antagonist of this movie. What? And there's some sort of heist that happens at Cannes Film Festival or something like that. <laughs> and it's Martin Short as David Lynch doing it. It's a, a bizarre thing. It's the second time I've seen a movie. Well, I've not seen the Martin Short, Jiminy Glake in La La Wood. But it's the second time where either David Lynch or someone who looks exactly like David Lynch was the antagonist of a film. <laughs> Oh, again, oh, brain boy. poisoning, <laughs> brain poisoning. Jiminy Glick and Law. Well, stay tuned to movies for babies. <laughs> Jiminy Glick and La La Wood. Um, oh, that's a good ass title. That's a tight ninety minutes of Jiminy Glick and La La Wood. <laughs> Jan Hooks, Linda Cardellini, Janine Garofalo, John Michael Higgins. Mo Collins? I don't know. Aries Spears? Oh my god. So he so Martin Short went over to Mad TV and he said, You, 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 come with me. He went to Mad TV, he's like, I need three of your best guys. Three of your best guys. Mo Collins. I need three of your best guys to pull off a heist that is making this movie. Gary Anthony Williams is in here? Yeah, oh shit. Oh my god, what a time capsule of, of comedy in 2004 this movie came out the same year as fucking anchorman um <laughs> jesus <clears throat> but uh yeah it turns germany click is the anchor is to mad tv that anchorman is to snl yeah, absolutely right exactly you know and he might have he might have been on i know he's been on both uh snl and mad tv but uh he might have done like a germany click on Mad TV, I don't know. Jimmy Glick is a weird. Uh, again, he worked. I don't know how he got as much uh, <laughs> mileage out of that character as he did. I do not understand it at all. No, absolutely. Anyway, uh, anyway, Hitler was a fake. He was a fraud. Uh, and, uh, yes, yeah. and it was it's Lupin playing. It's Lupin in disguise, and then mask. we get the cool. Um, oh, how did they do it? And it's like they all parachuted in and did a cool action pose. Each one of them did one cool action thing uh, and they beat up all the Nazis and and uh, took it over. And instead of arresting the Nazis on site, they're like, no, we're going to send Lupin up to the plane to ask Hitler to to stop or, or I guess to like learn how to operate the doomsday weapon yeah um, so that they could then destroy it but it's just like very funny that like it's this island's already controlled by the cops and they don't just like arrest these guys on site yeah kids movie uh they the black hole machine fucks up uh David Lynch gets uh spaghettified into the black hole. Lupin gives him a uh, nice parting gift of tossing his picture of Hitler in after I, him. I mean, <laughs> take look, this to hell I, with look, you. So, for the record, spaghettification is what is the process of as you get sucked into a black hole, your body compresses horizontally and lengthens vertically. Uh-huh. So you, the force of gravity turns you into a piece of spaghetti and stretches you farther and farther and farther for seeming eternity. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, that, like, that's fucked up. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that yeah, sucks I, don't, I don't mind a Nazi having a picture of his fave while that happens to him <laughs> to bring him that modicum of solace. <laughs> During the spaghettification of his eternity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fujiko gets away with treasure. 
Lupin um, gets away, period. Uh, Letitia gets into Boston University. <laughs> Boston Strong. Boston Strong. Letitia is Boston Strong. Letitia is Boston Strong. Uh, and, uh, yeah, our gang, you know, uh, again, rides off into the sunset. This is how... Uh, this is like exactly how Castle of Cagliostro ends. Uh, and I assume it's how most Lupin movies end. Is like, Fujiko mm. escapes off her way. Our gang uh, leaves the nice girl that wants to hang out with them behind to be like, no, a thieves' life is not for you. Uh, and then uh, Zenigata resumes his, his chase. So that next time we meet all of these people, they are exactly in the same place. Uh, as when, as when no lessons there. learned, no lessons I, need to be no, learned. No, that's not the that's not I, the point. I did a cursory, uh, you know, read uh, about this. I read about this movie a little bit last night, and uh, from what I recall, from what I understand, like they really tried to lean into that castle aesthetic with this movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've not seen the other ones, but like it's widely considered, you know, that the castle to be just like. Kind of like the epitome of Lupin. I mean, it is and, you know, fucking like Hayao Miyazaki, who like is pretty yeah. good at making movies, <laughs> and even uh, yeah. but oh, but a man who his first hates feature. his craft. He yeah, he clearly hates making anime movies, but he I don't think he can imagine himself doing anything else. Exactly, he is he is strung to this life. It is the only life he knows. Um, the only thing he hates more than his movies are his son's movies. Uh, it's uh, there's a oh, very hard, very hard video to watch of Hayao Miyazaki walking out of his son's first movie. Huh. movie. Is that is that uh, up on Poppy uh, Hill? Yeah, it's, uh, no, uh, his son's first movie is Tales from Earthsea. Oh. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, a very interesting. Uh, thing maybe we should talk about this in a future episode but like the it's tales from mercy is goro miyazaki's first feature the first scene of that movie is a son killing his father uh <laughs> and there's a whole lot of stuff in that movie about our relationships with our parents and then there's a video oh. of Hayao miyazaki walking out of it whenever he sees it for the first time so uh, if if you put our three brains into a computer and had an algorithmically uh, determined episode, it would be us doing that. Tales from <laughs> Earthsea. Not not my neighbor Totoro. It would be us doing Tales from Earthsea. Well, if you got you've got Justin's literary Yeah, you like, got Ursula K. Le Guin in there. You've got uh, Justin's legit literary background, who know like Justin, who actually knows literature and uh, knows literature and knows anime, and then you have Kevin and I, who uh, both hate our fucking parents. So like, <laughs> uh, and me especially, who made a uh, made whose first feature deals with his uh relationship with his parents to a degree like yeah that is the uh the algorithm that does seem right of, uh, uh warning yeah. father bo warning this episode includes father bothers the <laughs> listener's discretion is advised yeah absolutely uh that one should be fucking preface because i'm sure it's just gonna be a bunch of fucking acid being spewed uh w what month is father's day <laughs> that's our june episode, <laughs> that's our june episode. <laughs> absolutely 
so we're uh, yeah we're we're trucking right along here. This is uh, I I don't think we've remarked on it. I think this is a lovely uh, lovely animated movie. I think it's beautifully animated. Um, oh yeah, the yeah. lighting is so yeah, good. the lighting is tremendous. The uh, fucking maybe it's Lupin's, just Lupin's uh, Lupin's hair when he's flying out of like a the plane. Yeah. Like it looks like he looks. I don't know the hair uh, animation. Like he looks fuzzy. Yeah, like, he looks like great. a fuzzy. He monkey. looks like a monkey. Yeah, exactly. He's got monkey. He's fur. got that fucking monkey ass face. Um, and uh, yeah, everyone's everyone's hair. Every uh, this movie looks great. Maybe it's just that like partially that earlier this week I watched the fucking 2008 Star Wars Clone Wars animated movie. But compared to that, this is like the most beautiful movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, where everyone's hair is like Lego style, just a solid piece of plastic. Where they took Jendi Tartakovsky character design. Like his very distinctive, like hard line, hard edge, um, very like angular thick black line style of animating that that jendy carries into all of his movies and fucking just made it 3d (laughs) it looks so weird it looks so and i don't understand it like everyone when they talk about the clone wars talks about like because they did a cg series of the clone Uh wars after featuring the best character uh star wars has ever created gay jabba the hut Uh, hero the hut uh, truman capote the hut truman capote the hut uh but like no one like it seems like that uh the original clone war series that animated 2d animated series that jindy herkowski did is like completely forgotten by time yeah and i do not understand and that one's like actually good because like you know spoilers jendy tartakovsky is fucking good at animating shit (laughs) he's a very good animated director uh and it and it sucks that that has essentially been erased uh by time i i wish that that one were uh widely available uh but in any case it's all good uh this is a beautifully i do appreciate that this movie's animation is great and i do appreciate that it's like it's it's still like CG animation, which is like CG animation's great. It's just there's uh, we've oversaturated the market. We oversaturated the market with CG animation years ago, mm-hmm. a decade ago, honestly. Um, I I miss 2D animation. I long for 2D animation. Uh, this is still great 2D animation. I'm glad it was. It's still like you know kevin you mentioned this earlier they still have like all their 2d walk cycles and they they do a good job of like capturing that style um it it, it's it feels naturalistic it feels i'm glad they did what they did instead of like doing a live action lupon or (laughs) trying to do like what they did with that lion king remake you know with this or something like that i'm glad it was it's still like cartoony which is yeah. what it needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they they uh, did a remarkable job. I haven't seen any of the other movies that this uh, director has done, and like a bad uh, podcaster, I don't have his name in front of me. But he also did that um, that Dragon Quest Your Story 3D animated movie on Netflix. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so he's, he's done like, that, that, like, yeah, that was a very divisive movie, but sure. for like, but yeah, Dragon, like Dragon Age is another one of those things that is like an institution in Japan yeah, and never caught on in America. Right. He did two live action adaptations of the anime Parasite, 
uh, the guy with the weird hand Ooh. with, like, the eyeballs on it? You know what I mean. Yeah, a guy yeah. whose body is a parasite. Yeah, ham, hand man. Um, I believe I believe my wife has watched that. Uh, I believe uh, that's a thing that my wife has. Seen it too. seems like he's mostly a live action director and only has moved into full animation here in the last like two years. But I think he he has a remarkable like knack for it. It really like yeah. looks good. The stills I've seen from Dragon Quest I think look good. I've just uh, not watched it. But uh, this was a this is a, a fun, interesting movie. Uh, we don't do official rankings here on movies for babies, but this is like it's not as good as the Muppet movie, but like around Goosebumps level. Uh, oh quality, yeah, I am it's H-O. It's like really. I guess like yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox is second place. Oh, absolutely. If we were doing, and I guess like Goosebumps in this are like third or fourth. Right. Um. Uh, uh, trying to remember everything that we've done. Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I only remember. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've memory hold most of our lineup already, so I'm just going to say I liked this quite a bit. Yeah. It's definitely worth a watch. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, it's uh, both this and Castle. Uh, you, uh, Castle. You, On Netflix you right now. You should yes. do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor and watch Castle because it's a, it's a wonderful little it's movie. It's fucking delightful. It's, it's one of my favorite Miyazaki's, and I know that that sounds <laughs> weird. Uh, but he that that one just like really gets me. I've watched that one a lot. It's uh, it's really really remarkable. A, a fantastic car chase sequence at the be- near the beginning of uh, Castle of Cagliostro. Yes. Absolutely yes. fucking fantastically done. Uh, anyway, Hayao Miyazaki good at making movies. We'll do him one day. I don't know. Yes. Don't know what we do. Um, I want to talk about Porco Rosso, but I know that that uh, that I like that movie more than most people do. <laughs> So. That one's my favorite too. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it we'll out in post. We'll figure yeah. it out in post. Don't worry about it. <laughs> fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. Do we want to uh, talk about what we have planned for next month, or do we want to to couch that and talk about it as a unit uh, first? Uh, let's talk. Oh, well, let's um maybe sign off on the episode. Okay. And then figure it out. Gotcha. Don't announce it on the show. That's fine. That's that's totally. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's why I was, that's why I, I have was no asking. idea what we're, I have no idea what our plans are. That's okay. So, uh, uh, yeah. Regardless. Lupin. This is fun. Lupin the third. Lupin the third. The first. Bad title, but, uh, uh, everything else is great. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that the Lupons were the ones we made on the way. <laughs> Sucks. Um... <laughs> anyway, I've been TV's Kevin Lanigan. I uh, really like the opening credit sequence uh, to this movie. Uh, some James Bond ass title sequence shit uh, that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack is great. I love the soundtrack. Oh uh, yes, great classic jazz shit. That's that's Lupin to me. You're doing a chase sequence, or you're doing like a little heisty thing, and the fucking saxophone kicks in, and I'm like, yeah. I uh, I realized uh, earlier on that like. For the longest time of my life, jazz was just noise to me. But uh, Japanese jazz, like the oh. Japanese jazz fusion stuff, hey. like that's yeah, that's a that's a spicy. They get it. Hey. absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, so this has been your movies for babies for January twenty twenty one. Don't be a Nazi. <laughs> don't be a pervert either. God, don't be a Nazi pervert. <laughs> don't be the love of God. Just don't be. don't be a Nazi. 
don't be a pervert and god do not be a nazi pervert please if you've learned nothing else from us here today please take that lesson to heart nazi punks fuck off nazi perverts fuck off it's very funny that the dead kennedys are now people that post on twitter like mitt romney has done a lot for this country God, what a yeah, what a hell! Of a ah, there is nothing more depressing than an old punk. There really is it. Like they're really, they're like <laughs> all these old punks are like, I uh, in the eighties said all government was bad and cops are fascists, and now I'm like, no, I get where the cops are coming from. <laughs> well, no, 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 like well, no, they're either either like that or they're all like Ron Paul, twenty twenty four. There is a constant like. Back, you know, back during the punk movement, like what what punk bands were real, which ones were posers, blah 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 blah. And uh, this decade has revealed to us that they were all fucking posers. <laughs> They're all losers. They all <laughs> they all grew. Up. Can I? Can I? Uh, I know we signed off a long time ago. Ah, fuck it. But uh, I gotta say this: like, it really sucks to. Uh, this is a problem that I've had with uh, punk rock. This is a problem I've had with uh, Saturday Night Live. This is a problem that I had when I watched Monty Python Live, uh, One Down, Five to Go, the reunion tours they did. Oh, is that the one with Eddie Izzard? Uh, no, that's uh, that's from even longer ago. They did a series of live shows um, after Graham Chapman died. Uh, and, they, and they will say it. It was literally, those live shows were done to pay off legal fees. Yes. Someone who was suing over spam a lot. Um... Uh, suing over the money that Spamalot made, uh, one of the original producers of the Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's really sad to see SNL, Monty Python, these punk rock bands, there's so many other uh, groups have done this. But it's like, that started out as anti-establishment and has become the establishment. And it's so depressing seeing them still doing what they do and like feeling like they're like still with that energy of like oh we're going against the grain but they are the fucking grain and it's a it's a it's a huge bummer and it's a it's it's constantly depressing to see that happen to see the dead kennedys like tweeting about mitt romney and to see like the least punk man to have ever been born on this earth a mormon from utah (laughs) (laughs) a a a a private equity guy who made his bones running, buying up businesses and running them into the ground for profit. Like during his, a modern pirate. Who said during his presidential campaign years ago, not, you know, n- not very long ago, that, like, corporations are people, too. Like, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, it's a bummer to see. Uh, uh, it, it makes me happy that, like, Maybe this is a wrong thing to say, but, like, thank God we had, like, John Lennon die, and thank God we had, like, Kurt Cobain die, and him not grow up to be, like, I'll think, <laughs> you know, I'll think Brexit's a good thing, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking what Eric do you mean? Clapton, I can't say that word like, anymore. Eric Clapton doing his, like, anti-mask song Christ. and all this horse shit, like, it, it sucks. It really Tom sucks. Tom Petty's not and, alive uh, to see this. <laughs> Yeah, like, fucking, uh, I don't know. It's it's something that I've seen. Like, part of the hardest part about growing up for me has been seeing all this horse shit. And uh, no fun. I don't know where I'm going with this other than that it sucks. But uh, uh, this sucks. Yeah, no, it, it's that it sucks. Like, yeah. that's, 
<laughs> no fun. further thesis needed, I think. I think you're good. It's, it's, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but Lupin doesn't suck. Folks, but Lupin enjoy some Lupin, Lupin today. Despite it being a long-running media thing, it's carried the same energy, and uh, it's always felt the same energy. Yeah, it's so, as great as yeah. a mid-century European heist show. Uh, you can rent this for, like, five bucks in HD. Uh, you can watch Castle of Cagliostro on Netflix now. You can watch pretty much every uh, episode of the show on Crunchyroll. Uh, and uh, G-Kids is also re-releasing a lot of these movies that had, like, fallen out of print. Like, um... Uh, mm -hmm. One of the ones that people uh, call the best one, a woman called Fujiko Mine, which I've not seen, uh, but I'm very excited that will be yeah, that's, released on Blu-ray sometime. That one is very adult. Oh my god, we almost got uh, Lupin back to his very adult roots. Yes. We almost got all the way through a Movies for Babies without shitting on Disney. I'm so glad that G-Kids got the license to all these movies, and uh, it's not Disney anymore. Uh, G-Kids has done a great job at making a lot of these movies accessible. Uh, Disney was, you know, releasing these Ghibli movies, but they're releasing them with Criterion prices, but with none of the Criterion bonuses. Yes. And uh, G Kids has done a great job at like making these movies affordable and accessible to a greater audience, and not just like the greatest hits of uh, of these, uh, uh, you know, outsider movies to American culture. They've they've gone done some deep cuts, and they've gone done some like harder to find obscure releases, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm appreciative of that. Yeah, they finally made Satoshi Kon's catalog available, which is... Yes, uh, you can get Millennium Actress now. Uh, and Millennium Actress You can get Tokyo one. Godfathers. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. And uh, uh, I, I uh, you know, I had to pay $40 for my copy of Millennium Actress back when it was out of print. And uh, you don't have to do that now, and that's cool. So I had uh, to we... get my uh, DVD copy of Paranoia Agent on... Um, on a boot on a New Zealand bootleg. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> ah, you know. Yes. This has been a Talkback Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.